This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Well, thank you so much, Sid, and thank you all for joining us today for Messianic Vision. I'm your host, Donna Chavis, and wow, what a powerful show today. At 16 years old, my guest was raped, left violated, broken, and pregnant. So she did what many people do. She had an abortion. Her life quickly became a downward spiral of hopelessness. I'm sure many of you can relate if this has ever happened to you what it does to you to experience an unplanned pregnancy. It can leave you paralyzed by fear and many times alone, especially at this age and especially in this situation. But dear friends, my guest is here today to tell you two things. Fear is a liar and you don't have to live with guilt, regret, and shame. You can be free and you can be free today. Please welcome Donna Grisham. Hi, Donna. Hi, Donna. How are you? <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? I say, hi, Donna, and you say, hi, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, yes. am, I am doing well. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you for sharing your story with us today. Now, Donna, I know that you just wrote a brand new book, Sharing Your Story, and some powerful, powerful teaching uh, for people who may have experienced deep hurts and anything traumatic in their lives and to help them to live free. This book is called Journeys of Choice. Why this book and how did it come about? Well, Donna, in 2015, the Lord spoke to me. Actually, I was working for Sid Roth at the time, uh, and I was standing next to him, and he was getting ready to walk up to speak to the audience. And I looked at him, and as I looked at him, I heard the Lord say, you know, just speak to me inside, say, I want you to do a book of stories like he did. And at first, Donna, I was like really taken back because I was like, I don't have any stories. You know, I had my story, but I didn't have any other stories. And Sid walked up, walked away, and I was still standing there staring at him. And so I told the floor director afterward, which was Tina Pugh, I told her about what the Lord said to me. And she said, oh, you need to reach out to Jerry Hill. So I reached out to Jerry Hill. And that was how this book began. God would just bring me stories one after another, yes, uh, and it became a compilation of stories. Yes, and I know Sid's book was called They Thought for Themselves, so God wasn't saying, I want you to write a book of stories of Jewish people that, that came to know the Lord. No, in fact, it's funny because I didn't know this until just recently. You know, when God said to write this book of, of stories like Sid did, I just thought it was because he wanted me to write stories. Because you, as you know, the the word in, in Revelation says that we're redeemed. We're, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And when people read testimonies, when our listeners, when you read stories, you, you, it, it speaks to your heart. Yes. It reaches the core of your heart. And so 
when recently I actually was in your office and Sid was standing in there and you and Sid were talking and, and the Lord revealed to me the reason why he wanted me to write the stories like, like I did Mm -hmm. was because in this book, he wants the listeners that hear this and read these stories. He wants them to think for themselves concerning this issue. Yes. Yes, I understand that. And let's start here at the beginning with you. And I'm talking about the very beginning, Donna. I know that your birth was traumatic in itself. You were born premature, only a couple of pounds, and then even lost down, even even less than that. But you were a fighter, weren't you? Even as a newborn baby, you were a fighter. Yes, I was. You know, I was born in my mom's 30th week of pregnancy. weighed two pounds, lost down to a pound and 13 ounces. My mom tells me that I was not expected to live. And literally, she said that I was a miracle. And, you know, number one, God's hand on my life. He knew the the big picture down the road. But last night I had an interview and we talked about even at birth, the enemy was trying to take me out. That must mean that there was a plan and a purpose. There was a destiny for you even before you were born. Now, Donna, I know a lot of things happened in the next few years, and your childhood was tumultuous, to say the least. Your dad took you and your siblings away from your mom, left her stranded, and you wound up living with your grandmother. So things had not been easy for you, but at 16 years old, what happened, Donna? I was raped. Um, I actually went to a bowling alley with a friend um, that her parents took us. I was told not to leave the bowling alley by my grandparents. And, you know, as young girls, uh, she met one of the guys next to us in the next lane and they were talking and he wanted us to go riding. So she comes over and she's telling me, you know, she wants us to go riding with them. And I kept telling her, I said, I can't do that. I said, I'll get in trouble. And I knew my grandmother, she would be really upset. My grandparents were very loving. They were strict, but very loving. They were not abusive at all. I just want to say that they were very strict. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really valued in my heart what they, they said to me, but you know, you got your peer pressure exactly. you know, of, of your friend. And finally I just gave in and I went and I was left with him by myself. The the girl went off with the other guy in another truck and the guy raped me and uh, left me on the side of the road. He was he was driving me back and dropped me off on the side of the road. Donna, that that is that's unbelievable that someone would treat someone else like that. But to do that horrible thing and then to leave you and you said you were left feeling alone but you had a lot of other feelings there too that brokenness and that hurt yeah yeah i was very broken very hurt um you know uh later on i that night actually i got back to the bowling alley i'd love to tell this i got back to the bowling alley and uh i as i was walking in I, i finally made it back and as i was walking in uh, I had been crying. You could tell my face was all messed up from yeah. crying. I mean, you know, when you see somebody crying, you know, there's something wrong. And I walked through and I saw 
my friend and the guy and she saw me and she came over and she said, what, what's going on? And I ran to the bathroom. She came after me and I turned around and I said, he raped me. Hmm. And she said, Oh, just, she said, what? And I said, you heard me. He raped me. And she said, Oh, he didn't rape you. It was just consensual. Well, at that moment, because it, when he, before he dropped me off, he made the statement. He said, you're not going to breathe a word to this to anybody of this to anybody because they're not going to believe you he said besides if you're the one that's going to be in trouble because your grandmother told you not to leave the bowling neck see he had been listening to our conversation yes mm. and, and he heard what i told my friend and so when he when she said oh just say what it is consensual that triggered what he said to me, nobody's going to believe me. Mm. And that's the point where I stuffed it down inside and was never going to talk about it. Yes. Well, I know you didn't live with your mom. You were living at your grandmother at the time, but you did still see your mom. And and she was yes. the one that came and took you to the doctor. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. And I, I, t- I tell people I have no idea how she got there, how anybody, I don't remember anything. My grandparents even talking to me about this or anything. I don't remember going into the doctor's office. I don't remember being inside the doctor's office. The only thing I remember is walking out. So my mom was walking out of the doctor's office and I was following behind her. I only remember that. And and I, I asked myself, I don't, how come I don't remember inside the doctor's office or anything that was said to me, but I remember my mom basically. And when I say this, you know, I I want the listeners to understand the place that my mother as a mother in that situation was, um, she basically said, I ought to leave and never come back. And it, when she said that, that was another thing that just you know, it, it mm. almost like hit me in the chest and my, my heart just fell and I got in the car and we rode and we drove. And then we ended up my, we picked my sister up and she, we went to Birmingham, Alabama, and that's where I had my first abortion. Um, I was 25 weeks pregnant. Mm. Um, they, I went to a Planned Parenthood clinic next to uh, the Baptist Medical Center Hospital in Birmingham, Alabama, wow. and they I had what they call a saline abortion. Well, let me just tell you, a saline abortion, it's the most horrible thing you could go through. Um, they inject the woman with the, in the abdomen, in the womb, with um, saline solution, and it goes into the amniotic fluid. Yes. And what happens is it, you know, the baby is nourished from that amniotic fluid and that baby drinks the amniotic fluid to nourish him. But what the, with the saline solution, it drink would drink the saline solution and then it burns the baby from the inside out. Oh. Well, I had to go to a hotel and with my mom and wait it out. I don't know exactly how long I waited. It, it seemed like forever. I mean, and, and then I had to end up going and give birth to a, to a full-fledged baby, a baby, a 25 weeks baby. If you look on, you know, in, in 25, it's pretty wow. good sized baby, you know? And um, when I went um, to the hospital and 
see, when I was at the Planned Parenthood clinic, they never told you it was a baby. They were always saying it's the blob of tissue. Mm. Well, you know, mm. that I was, you're thinking you're just going to, you know, almost like pass a blood clot or something like that. And Donna, I understand the language at at those places, the, the abortion clinics, whatever you call them. Um, I understand the language there is never language of compassion and condolence, but it's always, we're here to solve your problem. This is your, this is a good choice. This is what we're going to do. This is not really a baby. This is this or whatever, making you think at that point with this language that, oh, yep, this is your choice. You've made the right decision and we're going to take care of it for you. But that wasn't what you experienced when you gave birth to that no, baby. No, no, you know they they tell you it's a blob of tissue, and you're you're you know you're not thinking you're going to give birth to a, a a human a human life, you know. And whenever I I gave I gave birth, I mean let's just say I gave birth, uh, and they the nurse was supposed to pull the curtain to, and the nurse didn't pull the curtain to, and they uh, I looked over and there was in a jar a baby. And when I saw that, Donna, I literally just lost it. I commenced to screaming. And next thing I know, I've got nurses, interns, doctors, everybody in that in that area of that hospital coming over to me, trying to quieten me down. And uh, the doctor looked at the nurse and said, pull that curtain to now. And Donna, that was too late. I had yes. already saw enough. Yes. And let me just let me just say this. A lot of listeners think that you know abortion is okay if you were raped or if it's incest well not according to god you know he life he created life and it's him that has the decision to take out or you know but but whenever um but donna even if we take out just for example, right here, even if we take out the spiritual part right now, I mean, we know first and foremost, it's wrong to take a life. It's 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 wrong to shed right. innocent blood. But even if we take that out, what it was doing to you, you made the statement, I will never be the same after that. What were you going through yourself after you experienced that? Well, I, I mean, like I said, I spiraled out of control. I mean, I, I literally, I went into such a deep state of depression. Um, I, I tried to commit suicide numerous times. Mm. I mean, I ended up in the hospital so many times trying to commit suicide. I had made a statement one time before that I couldn't even do that right. But, you know, but God. Let me just put a big <laughs> butt God, you know, because yes. he, he knew this day would come and I would be sharing my story to help other women and yes. to help others that are in this situation, not just women, because it's men too. Yes. You know, men are affected by abortion just the same as women. Well, I, I just want people to know this too. When, if you're a young girl or even an, an older lady or a, a, are facing this at all, it's, it's not just what they tell you that we're going to take care of it and then you can go on with your life. Donna, you weren't just going on with your life, were you? I mean, even at night, you couldn't even sleep for the nightmares. 
No, I, I had nightmares of literally babies, and I they were like drowning in blood. And I would try to save them, and I couldn't. And I would wake up screaming with night sweats. I would be just my I would be just wet from sweat from just the panic of these dreams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I, I mm-hmm. mean, this went on for years and years and years. Yes. You know, I, I'd like to, Donna, can I go back to the place where that I saw my baby in the jar? Cause I really want to make this, this really clear because sure. what happened is we, we think that rape and incest is okay for us to have an abortion, but I did not, when I saw my baby in a jar that didn't, it I, it put really it was like I, when when I saw the baby, it didn't make up you know that abortion did not was not the answer to doing away with the the pain of the rape. I didn't it didn't it didn't fix it didn't fix the, the rape that happened to me. It didn't erase it. It did not erase that that trauma that happened to me. So it was not the answer. It was not the solution to the to what happened to me. It was the nail to the coffin. Wow. It was the nail to my coffin, really. I that that, you know, because at that moment I began, I just I was living to die. Mm. You know what? That is such a strong point, Donna. That's that's an amazingly strong point where they were offering you a solution to this problem and then you never have to think about it again that was not your experience so wow yeah thank you for adding that now donna let me fast forward just a little bit you you went on with your life you were devastated you were hurt you were traumatized i mean this deep hurt would not leave you alone but at 25 you had made a new friend, you had gotten too close, and you found yourself pregnant again. And one day, you were sitting at the table with your mom, and what happened? Well, I was sitting there, and we were having coffee, and all of a sudden, she says, you're pregnant. And I'm thinking, how do you know that? And, you know, and I, I asked her, I said, well, how, do, how did you know? She said that that's a, a mother knows these things. I mean, I wasn't showing her anything. And she just knew I was pregnant. And she that night, we she said, everything will be okay. Well, I thought everything was going to be okay. We went to you know bed that night. And she woke me up the next morning and said, let's go shopping and in Savannah, Georgia. We lived in Brunswick, Georgia. And she said, let's go shopping in Savannah. And so we got up the next morning. And, and I thought that that's what we were going to do. We were going shopping and we pull up to this place and I wasn't paying attention. You know, I, I just got out of the car and started up the step. There were steps to go start up the steps. And I went to open the door of um, this place. What was Planned Parenthood? Didn't know that at the time because that back then they don't label it. And so I went to open the door. And when I opened the door, I saw these women in there and I saw the looks on their faces. There were some reading magazines. There were some just, you know, talking, but there were the looks on their faces. They were, and I, the first thought I had was, oh no, not again. Mm. And then I heard a voice and Donna, if it wasn't audible, it might as well have been audible because the voice said, run. Well, number one, let me just say the devil's not going to tell you to run from a 
an abortion clinic. No. You know, so I, I didn't know at the time that that voice was God. I had not learned how to distinguish the voice of God and know his voice back then. I wasn't even walking really with the Lord. I, I had a, uh, I, I was raised in church, but it was a church that didn't believe in miracles for today. Miracles are not for today. Healings are not for today. And number one, if, if, if they didn't believe that healing and miracles were for today, I thought Jesus was just some made up character, you know, yes. and that's how I live my life. I didn't know that you could have a relationship with them, but whenever I heard that voice, I froze. Mm. I didn't, I did not run. I went ahead and went through with the second abortion, Wow! which I'm not proud to say, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, but praise God for forgiveness. Yes. You know, because if, if I wasn't, I, I wouldn't be here today, but we went in, I went through the procedure and this time I had what they call a suction abortion. Oh. And that's where the baby is sucked. The pieces of the baby are sucked out and it's sucked into a, a cranial tube. And when they had me on the table, the moment they turned on the machine, which the machine sounds just like an industrial vacuum cleaner. And when they turned it on, I commenced to yell and turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. Well, they didn't turn it off. And at that moment, my thought was, oh my God, what have I done to my children? Mm. What have I done to my children? Wow. Donna, I, I know that as the time passed and these hurts were deep-seated in you, you did go for some counseling, and you were counseled by a pastor who assured you that God would forgive you. God would forgive you. He assured you of that, but you couldn't accept it, could he? No, I couldn't. I didn't know how that, you know, because I didn't know that even God was even real. I wasn't even sure he was real. And I was, the, that was the thing is I couldn't, I could not relate to what he was saying because the pain of what I had done and the horrible, you know, I mean, I was a murderer. Uh -huh. I was a murderer. You know, I didn't even know I couldn't forgive myself. So I couldn't, I could not relate to a loving God, a God that loves us and and does forgive us but i couldn't at that moment i was not there i didn't relate to that yes okay donna i know that that years went by and you kept living your life and you kept experiencing this deep hurt and you actually did receive some counseling from a pastor and he assured you donna he assured you that god would forgive you but what were you feeling well, Donna, I just, I couldn't accept it. I was too bound by guilt and shame and the condemnation of what I did. I wanted God's forgiveness so badly, but I didn't know how to accept it. And then that day, Donna, I just took everything. I packaged it in a little packet, all my secret hurts, all my pains, all the sins, uh, and packaged them up. And I was never going to talk about it again, never going to go go there. I did not want to go to that place ever again. Oh, Donna, for those that are listening and that, that, that might say, you know, people have told me that it's okay. God will forgive you. God will forgive you. God will forgive you. But they just can't get a hold of that. Will you speak to them right now? Yes. Um, I just want you to know that there's nothing, nothing, nothing that you have done 
that could ever bypass God's forgiveness. I mean, God loves you so much and his heart is to forgive you. He wants to forgive you. And he just wants you to ask. He wants you to just yes. call out to him and ask for forgiveness. You know, he, it, it, people paint a picture of God as this big person in the sky that's waiting to whack you if you've, you know, <laughs> yeah, the wrong, yeah. if you made the wrong choice that God's going to whack you. Oh no. Let me tell you, we serve such a loving, awesome God, an awesome father that he loves us so much that he embraces us even in our worst state, even, even in the, the wrong choices, the horrible choices that I've made, he embraced me. And he wants to embrace you also. Yes. So I just encourage you to, to whatever the, you've heard, whatever people have has told you that God can't forgive you. That's a lie. I'm telling you that is a lie. And he wants right. to forgive you today. That's right. So. That's right. Yes. And you finally experienced that. Let's get to that part right here. And I know something began to happen. I feel like things were happening. God was moving behind the scenes before you even knew that you had this call on your life. And life went on. And it wasn't that much longer. You were pregnant for a third time. But this time, something was different. Something was different. You you and your mom and this pastor, you talked and you said, you know what? Abortion is not the right choice. Things were beginning to happen. God, I believe, was was going to start bringing you into what you had been called for. And you made a choice to go to this place. I'm not sure if everybody knows it. It, it was called PTL. And they had a home for young girls or for women who were pregnant but did not want to choose abortion. So you went to that place, and that's where you saw your very first vision of Jesus, Donna. Yes, yes. I went to the Heritage Home for Young Women in uh, at PTL. One day I had went to talk with my counselor to talk about my you know, choice that I was going to make, whether it was going to be to keep the baby or, or, or adopt the baby out. And I had finished the counseling, went back to my room and I just decided to, that I was just going to seek the Lord. I had made such a mess of my life and I just lay down on the floor and I just started crying out to God. And I said, Lord, I, I know what I want. I know what's in my heart. God, I want to know what your will is for my life. What do you want? What are your plans for my life? What do you want? And all of a sudden I had a, uh, a vision of me and I was holding a baby in my arm and I was walking and I was saw Jesus and I was walking up and I handed Jesus the baby. He took the baby and I turned around and walked off. Well, my first thought was, well, I'm going to put the baby up for adoption. That's exactly what that vision meant. Well, yeah. first of all, let me just tell the listeners, sometimes we, God gives us dreams and visions and we try to interpret them ourselves, And we try to say, think what God wants is saying to us, but it's not always that, you know, it's, it's, it, our, our finite mind cannot comprehend and cannot understand the ways of, of God. Okay. His ways are right. higher than ours. Right. His thoughts higher than ours. And see, that's what I was trying to do. Yes. And I ended up that weekend. Um, I got a pass to go 
back to Georgia and I was just going to go back and visit. And I, um, I was getting ready to take a bus out of Charlotte, North Carolina to back to Georgia. And I, that morning, the Lord told me to take everything with me that I wasn't coming back. And I, my first thought was Donna, that vision, I kept going back to the vision, but I'm giving the baby away. I'm putting the baby up for adoption. So how is that going to take place in Georgia? Because these, these people here can help me. Yes. And so I did, I did what I didn't question it or anything. I got my stuff, got on the bus and that was the longest bus ride ever. But <laughs> I got back home, went to, uh, my mother picked me up at the bus station we went to sleep the next morning. She's, we're going to go have breakfast. We we're going to go have breakfast together. And she said, I want to show you something at the, the uh, furniture store up from our house. And so we went up there to the furniture store and we went in and we were walking around. And as we were walking around, my mom said, come here, Donna. She called me back. She had been at the back and she said, come here. I want to show you something. And so I went back to the you know where she was and she was standing next to her crib and she said what do you think of this and honestly Donna my first thought was this has got to be a trick question <laughs> you know I mean during my pregnancy she never once wanted to talk about mm. me being pregnant the baby I would even sometimes say oh I thought of a name if I keep the baby at this and if that you know and she didn't want to go there and so when she said that it really shocked me I was like uh is this a trick question and then she I guess she saw the look on my face and she said Donna she said God's told me I'm to do whatever I can to help you raise this baby. And Donna, I'm telling you, she did just that. Wow. She helped me raise my son. Well, my son know, is now 35. <laughs> this whole turn of events, Donna, started with you asking that question. God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to do? And then you had this vision of Jesus you got an answer that you th you thought was the right answer, but but yes. that vision did something else for you too. You said that that vision showed you that Jesus was real, that you could trust Him. Yes, that He that He was definitely real. He was a, a, a He was real, and He became real to me. Mm. You know, He yes. He. It, it was some. It was someone that I was can relate. He he wanted to to walk me through this, and he cared about me. Yes, I had never had that. I didn't. You know, you, a person can tell you that he cares, but until you have that as senses, until we have that experiential knowledge, I had at that moment. I had that experiential knowledge that oh wait. This Jesus, he's not this made-up character. He's real. He is truly real. You know what? I love that you said this was the beginning of restoration for me and, yes. and beginning of my relationship with him. You had asked the question. You had come to that point. God, what do you want me to do? And if you're listening out there, you might be in a situation where you need to ask, as Donna says, ask, 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 God, what do you yes. want me to do? So your life was about to change in a major, major way. I've seen your son. He's a, he's a big old healthy, handsome boy, but you yes, gave birth to this little boy. You kept this little boy, 
And then God blessed you with something that was so wonderful after that. Tell me about the vision of your children in heaven. Well, I I was actually in, when I had this vision, I was at a little, just a small little uh, apartment with this a couple of friends and we were just worshiping. And the Lord actually translated me to heaven. And I tell, tell the listeners, I know exactly the difference between, because people ask me this, how do you know you were translated and not a vision or a dream? Well, I tell you, it, it was, I was translated because when I, God, it was I, everything was so real that that I could actually feel like I ended up on a park bench, and on this park bench, I was so taken by this park bench, Don. I could not believe. I was like, "This is the most beautiful park bench," and I'm thinking, "Why is this?" I mean, it had gold on it, and I was just looking around, and then all of a sudden, a little girl and and a little boy comes uh, running up to me. They climb up in my lap, and they start kissing me. One on one cheek, one on the other cheek. And they said, we forgive you, mommy. We forgive you, mommy. We forgive you. They wow. said, we love you, mommy. We love you, mommy. We love you. And then they said, we'll see you again. And instantly I was back on that couch. And I tell you, I felt the literal, the, their little, little small lips on my cheeks. Mm, mm. Who got as good, isn't he? Yes, he is. To give you that. And for you to be able to experience that joy of seeing your children in heaven. Wow. So the the pastor was right. God would forgive you. Yeah. God would restore. Yeah. God yes. would bring you into a new season in your life to where now you can reach out to others. And this is the message that you tell them. You have not gone too far for God's love to reach you. That's right. That's right. You haven't. And uh, God is... is uh, waiting with open arms for you just to call out to him. You know, uh, he, he wants you to know that he will answer you even in the most horrible, painful thing in your life. God can use it to bring hope, healing and restoration to your life. I mean, he's, he's, he's there with open arms. Just, <laughs> just uh, right now. I just want you, the listeners to hear what I'm saying He's right there. He's got open arms and he's waiting for you just to call out to him and call it. And, you know, you might not even be able to say anything, but help me, Jesus. And that, it, it, once he hears you say, help me, Jesus, he's there. Yes. He's there to help. Yes. Yes. And Donna, a lot of people are listening today and they may be saying, you know what? I, I've never had an abortion. I've never had an unplanned pregnancy. I've never experienced this. What about me? What about me? What about those people that may be far from this scenario, but are still dealing with deep hurt and trauma? Whatever scenario you're in, whatever situation you're in, God wants you to know that he loves you. He and he wants you to uh, call out to him. He he wants you to just, you know, ask him to forgive you, whatever you've done, whatever you, you know, maybe maybe it's not something that you've done. Maybe it's something that's been done to you. Yes. Maybe somebody has hurt you. Yes. God wants you to know that he's there 
with you right now. Mm. And he loves you so much. I mean, I cannot express how much he loves you, you know, and he wants you to just surrender it. Just give it all to him. You know, Donna, on the front of my book, there's a picture and, and there's a picture and it's a crossroads and it's got your, you've got two roads and then there's a, a young girl with a backpack on and you know, there's somebody out there that you may be at the crossroad in some in a, in a situation. It may not be an abortion. It may be something that happened to you. It may be a choice that you made, not even related to abortion. It, I mean, whatever it is, you're still at that crossroad, and there's a choice that that is to be made. But you're carrying a bunch of of of. of stuff. You've got just this heavy load. You know, the scripture talks about that, you know, t- for us that to take his yoke upon us, Yes. that, you know, that his yoke is light. Jesus says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And he wants you to just, he wants to take, remove that backpack of all those things that you've been carrying all that heavy load he was he just wants to take that backpack off off of you and he says he wants to carry it and he wants to put his yoke upon you yeah and 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 that it's easy you know this is something that that i found found so interesting that when god started dealing with you and showing you things and showing you um these visions and leading you into helping people, you said that even though you had made that decision many, many years ago that, you know, I'm going to hide this and I'm never going to tell anybody about it. You came to the point where you said, nope, I'm, I'm like a Lazarus. I'm just like a Lazarus. God is calling me out of this grave and calling me to share my story. Yes. Yeah. And that's, you know, in 2011, that's, you know, when the Lord, um, called me out after I had spoken to the father of the second baby and God brought healing to him. Um, the Lord, basically, uh, I went to the director of the care net center in Brunswick, Georgia and talked with him and his wife and told them what happened. And he asked me if I could share, you know, if I could write this down in four minutes. And I was thinking, I'm not sure. And he said, <laughs> I'm, we're going to have a Right. To, yeah, I thought he meant it right then. I was like, mm, I'm not sure about that. But but he told me there was going to be a right to life rally and he would really love for me to share my story. And so I um, shared my story in 2011 at the right to life rally. And really, God, you know, wanted to resurrect that life inside of me so that others would know that life matters to him. Life matters to him. You know, starting with the unborn. Yes. You know. It's... Yes. You you've had a couple of visions to me that w- when I heard these and when I hear you share them, I was just like I was amazed. I was astounded. I mean, you had a dream that was really unusual, and it it represented shame to you. Share that with us. In 2018, I had a dream, and I was. Um, getting actually in the dream, I was getting ready to speak to an audience and I had my notes and I was looking down at the podium and I was studying my notes and looking over the little bullet points. And, and then all of a sudden I looked out and everybody had wetsuits on and I'm thinking, why is everybody in wetsuits? That's my, yeah, that was my yeah. thought. And the Lord said, 
That's what shame does to you. It fits you. If anybody has, is a scuba diver or has ever wore a wetsuit and it's wet, it sticks to you. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they, I mean, it was like that, that it was stuck to, they were, they couldn't get out of it. It's like hard to pull, pull off. And the Lord told me, he said, when you share your story, he said, the, others are going to be the shame, the cloak of shame. It's a, it's like a, a garment of shame that is put on them and it's put on them. And the, and the thing about it, what shame does to us, it conceals uh, in a cloak. I mean, it's, it's like, this is the way the Lord spoke it to me. It was a cloak. Like I saw a, a cloak of shame. It was, even though it was a wetsuit, but it was, it, it fit them and it became a part of their identity. Yes. It, shame we look in the mirror and that's all we see. We don't see that beautiful person that God created. We don't see the identity that God created us, courageous, brave, you know, uh, warriors. Um, yes. You know, we don't see that. We see, all we see is that shame and, and it, it just, it eats away at us. You know, the, just the whole pic, the whole picture of a wetsuit, how it, like you said, like it sticks to you, it moves with you everywhere you go. It's just right to you. And, and it, it kind of becomes your identity, that shame. You, you start feeling like that's who you are instead of who God created you to be. And exactly. I, I, I love that you teach over and over and over again. God knows you. He knows you. And, and, and this is not you. God knows you. Yeah, he's formed you in in the womb. He was the one that fashioned you in your mother's womb. Yes. I mean, he literally, you know, and the thing I go back to, he knew you before you were formed. Mm, Think of that word, (laughs) knew. That isn't just, you know, I know Donna and and you know me. That isn't just that. It's an intimate knowing. He knows us in, in, in every details about us. And guess what? He knows everything, every choice that we were going to make, every everything about us. And guess what? He still loves us. Ooh. Yeah. He yeah. still loves us. Well, Donna, you have become quite the champion for the unborn, for those little ones that are so innocent and don't have a voice. Uh, while we're talking about this vision, I, I want you to share one more with our audience. And you you were riding in a car and you had this vision of a map that just, just kind of fell in your lap. Yeah, I was riding, going to a wedding from Brunswick, Georgia, Savannah, Georgia. And uh, and as I, I was a passenger, and all of a sudden, this map, I mean, I wasn't even thinking about this. Or, and a map dropped in my lap, and there was blood all over the map. And I was a little taken with it. And then all of a sudden, I saw myself go like the Lord took me on, a, on the roads, in this, I guess, on this map. And as I was walking, everywhere I would walk, there was blood. I would go one way, there was blood. I would go the other way, there was blood. And I was trying to get away from from stepping in the blood. And then all of a sudden, a tsunami way. I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, what is this? I said, what is this? And he said, that's the blood of the aborted babies. Mm -hmm. And their blood is crying out from the earth. Just like, you know, in in the story of Cain and Abel, that's the same. It's like, and he said, their blood's crying out from the earth. And then the tsunami wave, a tsunami wave came in and hit a blood. And it was blood was flowing through the streets. I mean, it was like, it was like moving, flowing through the streets. And I said, oh God, what is that? And he said, that's my blood 
mingling with the blood Ooh. of the aborted babies. And he said, I didn't see this, but I heard a gavel hit. And when the gavel hit, he said, justice will be served. Wow. And the thing about it is, is I basically started crying out to the Lord and I started praying concerning this whole vision because it really, it shook me up so bad to the point where I was hardly able to talk right then. It took me a little bit to even tell my friend about it. Yes. And so I, I was so shaken. And so I started praying into it, you know, after later on, I was praying into it and I said, God, what do you mean by justice shall be served? And the Lord said, you know, my heart is for mercy. Yes. My heart is to hear the cry of mercy. He said, my ears are leaning down and they're waiting to hear that cry of mercy. Yes. And he said, when I hear that cry, he said, see, we don't want the judgment of God to come on this nation. And one of the things I want to say the moment, the this right now where we're at, we're, you know, I know there's revivals going on and I, you know, and there is, it, it's a great harvest. I do know that. And even in, uh, even in the darkness, all that's happening now, darkness, you know, the glory of God is going to be, uh, you know, evident and it's going to be so massive. His glory is going to fill this earth and the, there's the souls are going to come in. But but we have to realize the reason why our nation is where it is today is because of the millions of babies that the, the that have been slaughtered on the soil of this land and the soil has been soiled with the blood with their blood. And God wants this nation to cry out us as a, as a, a the body of of Jesus. He wants us to cry out to him for mercy. And he wants us to, you know, uh, because he wants to hear his ear is leaned over. He's leaning and he's waiting for that cry of mercy. Yes. And and he wants us believers to start doing it because it starts with us. Yes. It starts in, in us. It doesn't start in the world. I'm not speaking to the world. I'm not speaking to the people out in the world because they don't know Jesus. We do. They need to see Jesus in us yes. and they need to see us repenting for the 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 blood that we've you know allowed to be spilled on our land and yes. you know you may not have had an abortion you may not have been it may not re relate to you whatsoever but it does affect you it is it it's you are a part of that whole thing because if you're not praying against it if you're not speaking against it if you're not you know you you can do something Yes. Something, anything. Yes. You know, that's one thing that I love so much about this, Donna. I mean, your ministry, honestly, I, I, I called you a champion, and, and that is what you are, a champion. You're a warrior for people that cannot speak for themselves, these innocent little unborn that cannot speak for themselves, and that is what you're doing. But there's a second part to this. You have such a compassionate heart for those that are living with, with with this deep hurt and this trauma, whether it be from abortion or anything. But you've got some teaching that I just feel like is so important. Let's get a couple of points in here real quick before we have a little break. You tell people, you know what? You don't have to live in regret. You don't have to live with regret. 
No, no, you don't. You know, uh, I had somebody ask me uh, one time, they said, and they were talking about, they said, well, I don't regret what I did. Mm. I don't regret, you know, I don't, wow. I, I don't have any regret. And I said, well, I, you know, I do, I regret, but there's a difference. I can regret my choices that I made. I regret the choices that I made. I regret not standing up for myself, not saying, no, I don't want to go through this. But I don't live in that regret. There's a difference. Yes. You know, I'm I'm not bound by that regret. I'm not chained by that regret. Mm. You know, I am Lou. God has given me a freedom, a freedom to share my story and to and to help others break free of that regret. Yes. And isn't that such a trick of the enemy? If he can get you to live in regret, it's a little bit hard to share your testimony of overcoming if you're living in regret, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, the enemy loves to get us stuck, you know, in mm-hmm. the what ifs. Well, mm-hmm. what if I did this? What if I didn't do this? What if I didn't? You know, what would if I lived and lived there thinking, well, what if I would have said, no, I don't want to do this. What if I would have done this? And you live in the past, you know, he wants you to be bound by the regret of your yes, past. Yes. You know, and God wants to set you free from it. He wants you to be free. Exactly. He wants you to live the abundant life. Amen to that. You and- can't live the abundant <laughs> life in, in regret. That's right. Can't do it. That's right. And this is one of my, my statements that I always put in bold and underline. This is something that, that you have said. Don't let the regrets of your past Determine your future. Yes. Whew, you know, that one makes me want Whatever to get a, give a little. <laughs> That's right. It makes yeah. me want to give a little shout on that one. Yes. Well, you just started to say wherever your journey is taking you, that's not your destination. Your, uh, your destination is freedom. He wants to bring you into a place of freedom, into a place of liberty, you know, in him to where, you know, uh, when I share my story, there was one time I could. I could not share my story without breaking, without being angry mm-hmm. and, and hurting. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the rape when it made me angry. I have, and now I share my story, and I am free to share it. Yes, I have no, you know, I'm 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 free. Yes, yes. Let's get let's get one more point in here before we take a little break uh, of of your teaching. We've talked about knowing that you know we have to accept the fact that yes. God will forgive us. Talk talk to us a little bit about forgiveness. And it's not just God's forgiveness that we need, is it? No. No, you know, and we've talked about, you know, God does want to forgive us. And he does. You know, I can't make that more clear that he truly wants to forgive you. But not only that, he wants you to forgive yourself. Yes. You know, he, he wants that. That's a main th- uh, purpose. But not only yourself, he wants you to forgive the person that hurt you. The very one I had to forgive the rapist who yes. raped me. Yes. Now, does that mean I go back and I have I don't even know. So I can't go back and and say, uh, you know, I forgive you. You don't have to do that. I mean, if you can, if you have that person, you know, and God tells you to, that's OK. Do that. But that you don't have to. But you have to release that, you know, that person. You can't hold them in bondage because, you know, uh, if if you hold the unforgiveness and it's like you drinking poison, expecting that other person to, to, to hurt and it yes. doesn't hurt that other person, it hurts you. Yes. It yes. harms you. Yeah. I mean, even to the point of physical, there are people, 
you know, even listening right now that you're you're battling some physical issues. You know, there's a, a young lady right now, I just hear in the spirit, there's a young lady with arthritis and you're 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 just bound up with arthritis and it's because you've held unforgiveness for for some things that has happened to you. God wants to release you of that that hurt and that pain he wants you to release that person and uh, i just asked right now that you would even pray right now with me and say father i release that person whatever and you name that person i release that person from any any sin guilt anything that that person has done to me anything and you name that person and you say i forgive you i forgive you and and release them release them once you release them that you're free of that yes and you just and god i believe that as you do that god's going to begin to heal you i just see your mm -hmm. hands i see your hands were all shriveled shriveled up and i just see your hands just straightening yeah they're just straightening out god's just straightening your hands right now and you've lived in excruciating pains especially in your fingers and your hands it's like you can't even hardly do you can't even hardly write or drive or anything it's been so painful for you and god just wants to to free you of that right now yes yes wow donna i think that's a great place for us to take a quick little break here forgiveness remember and know that god wants to forgive you forgive the person that hurt you and for heaven's sakes, forgive yourself, and God can help you with all of these things. Well, I want to let everybody that's listening know about this powerful and life-changing resource package that we're offering today. It's Donna Grisham's brand-new book called Journeys of Choice. Now, you're also going to get a brand-new and exclusive three-part audio teaching series from Donna Grisham and another powerful, powerful lady of God, Jesse Green. And this audio teaching series is called Destination Freedom, and it's all about the how-to of no matter what your hurt, no matter what your trauma, how to get free, how to stay free, how to claim that freedom, and how to live free. You're going to get two teaching CDs on defeating guilt, regret, and shame. One of these messages is going to be from Donna, who we're talking with today, and the other one from Jesse Green, and you're also going to get a third CD where Donna and Jesse are going to pray over you and speak God's purpose and plan for your life. It's your day to live in complete freedom. So be sure to listen for Sid at the end of this program, and he can tell you how you can get this life-changing resource. You know, get it for yourself if you need it. Get it for a family member. Get it for a friend or your church or your small group. But be sure and listen to Sid and see how you can get it today. Donna, let's wind up here with a little bit of ministry. I mean, you have experienced this. You have lived this. And you teach about what you call the ultimate choice. Tell us about that. Well, you know, Donna, we don't realize that when we were created, uh, when God created us, you know, he, we were in his heart. Before you were born, you were in the heart of God before the earth was even formed. In, a, um, in fact, you were highly, a highly thoughtful choice. You know, you were his choice before that, even before the, the 
worlds were formed. You were his, in his heart, and he was thinking about you. And thinking, he knows he knew everything about you before the foundations of the world. Every human being, born and unborn, was chosen by God. Wow! With yes. a specific plan to fulfill. You were, in fact, God's ultimate choice from the beginning. His ultimate choice. Ooh. I mean, he doesn't look at creation and go, oh. Wow. And, and just think about this. When he, even in Genesis, when he was creating, when he was creating the earth and creating the world, you know, it wasn't until he created man that he said, this is very good. Yes. <laughs> think of that. He put the very on the good. It yes. wasn't just good. So he really, we were definitely in, I mean, his ultimate choice. And, and then, you know, we go on, I'm going to go on to Jesus, you know, on the cross, you know, Jesus made a sacrificial choice. Uh, it, you don't have to wear the mask of shame or guilt anymore. Jesus has already wore the cloak of, of that in your place. When Jesus died and was resurrected, the cloak of shame and guilt was removed. Whew. Yes. Did you just hear that? Yes. When Jesus died and was resurrected, he wore, he himself wore that cloak of shame and guilt so that we would not have to wear it. We do not have to wear that. That, that was, there was an ultimate exchange when Jesus chose to lay down his life for us. Jesus not only suffered physical pain, but also rejection, shame, and even our guilt. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice by the choice he made. Jesus was obedient to the purpose and suffering in our place. Yeah. His mm. was a journey of choice. Ooh, Donna. And you know, the angels, you know, it even says in scripture that he could have called 10,000 angels to just say, he could have said, nope, I don't want to do this. I, I can't do it. And and not even did it. But you know what? The ultimate choice was us. Yes. We were his ultimate choice. And I go back to the foundations of the world. Jesus was there before we were born. He knew us. So when he came as a man, because he was, he was God, and he came as a man and made a choice in the flesh of man, okay, he made a choice. So yes. we can't we we can't say well that was Jesus that's not us he was in he was man in flesh on the earth and made that choice yes God never wastes anything anything that we have gone through every hurt all the suffering every loss we have experienced throughout our lives he can use you know he's using what the enemy meant to destroy me that rape that those abortions he's using it to bring life to other people, yes. to bring hope to other people. You know, our wrong choices do not change our destiny. My destiny didn't, I'm still fulfilling the destiny in my life. Not, you know, even though I took a detour and took wrong choices, made wrong choices, he st they, I'm still fulfilling the destiny in my life. And I'd just like to pray right now that you're, you know, for the, for the uh, listeners right now that, you may feel like that 
you've made the the most horrible choices of your life and that there's nothing that you could do. You're in that place, you're stuck and you just can't move forward. God wants to unstick you and just uh, thrust you forward to help you move forward in life. And he wants you to have the abundant life. He doesn't want you to be uh, living in the, the regrets of, to, of yesterday. Uh, he wants you to live in the hope of tomorrow that he has, you know, a plan and a future for you. And I just pray right now, Father, I just thank you that, that the listeners, those that are listening right now, that you would just um, show them, Lord, that they, they're not past there's nothing that they could do, no decision that they've made that you can't come in, that you can't forgive, that you can't cause uh, to heal them up, to give them a hope uh, for for a future, Lord. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that that you knew the plans that you have for them, that you know the plans that you have for them, uh, plans for a hope and a future. And Father, I just thank you that as as we close this out, Lord, that the listeners will take one thing, if they take anything from this, that they'll take the fact that they have, uh, that their, their destination is freedom. Their destination is freedom. God wants to free you from the guilt, the shame, the condemnation of your past. And he wants to give you that hope and a future for for tomorrow. Yes. Yes. Amen. Donna, thank you. And let me tell you one more time before we have to go here about this life-changing resource package that we're offering. Sid and I are so excited about you getting this. It's, uh, It's Donna Grisham's brand new book called Journeys of Choice and also a brand new and exclusive three-part audio teaching series from Donna Grisham, who we've been listening to, and also from Jesse Green. It is called Destination Freedom. And isn't that what we all want? We want to live free. We want to live in freedom. So you're going to get two teaching CDs on defeating guilt, regret, shame. One of these messages is going to be from Donna Grisham and the other one from Jesse Green. And you're also going to get a third CD where Donna and Jesse pray over you and speak God's purpose and plan for your life. It's your day to live in complete freedom. So be sure and listen for Sid. He's going to tell you exactly how you can get this package today. Sid? At 16 years old, Donna Grisham was raped, violated, broken, pregnant, and she had an abortion. Her life quickly became a downward spiral of hopelessness and fear. But then, God revealed himself to Donna as redeemer and friend, and he wants to do the same for you. Donna's brand new book, Journeys of Choice, is not just a book about abortion. It's a book about hope and healing for all who've suffered hurts or traumas. That's all of us of any kind. Whatever the deep hurts in your life, sin, shame, abuse, abandonment, addictions, you can be free. Donna has also prepared a brand new and exclusive two-CD audio teaching series called Destination Freedom. That's your destination, freedom. 
So be sure to get her brand new book, Journeys of Choice, and her brand new and exclusive audio teaching series, Destination Freedom, for an investment of only 29 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org, S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9791. Once again, that's offer number 9791. 